0: So, if you could be here around nine, that would be great, Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiancé UK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms H and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 3 of The Other Way. In this episode, Chris gets to Columbia and can't stop staring at Jamie, Danielle has some ideas about how Johan can pull his weight around the house, Nicole persists on going to Egypt despite all of the protests from herself. Isabel talks things out with her friends at a very gay bar. Rishi's mom has a bunch of brides lined up for him. And we meet Debbie, whose son doesn't think much of her much younger artist boyfriend Osama. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class dances, and Life Lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup K, where we are finishing up covering this season of Love After Lockup. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy!
1: Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you on this fine President's Day?
0: Oh, doing doing good because I didn't have to – not only did I not have to go to work today, tomorrow was a delayed opening so I can have parent-teacher conferences, which –
1: Oh, which don't happen.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, I have disinterested parents
1: that don't come. So oh. more time <laughs> off than me. Well, there's a benefit, right? That's a perk, yes. Yeah, part of it, at least. All right, Uh, let's actually get started with our new couple. Uh, So, we meet Debbie, 67, from Sugar Hill, Georgia, trying on various hats and sunglasses at an antique store. She would describe herself as eccentric and quirky. She marches to the beat of her own drum, and I would, for the most part, agree with her self-assessment. Debbie is a jewelry maker and artist. She thinks being surrounded by beauty is protection. She sells semi-precious jewelry, but she's also very into painting. Her spirit animal is a blackbird. Debbie tells us that she had an abnormal childhood and never saw healthy relationships since her mom had mental health issues. She's been married twice. The first marriage lasted four years and she had one son from him. Her husband was a drunk and a womanizer, she describes, and Debbie met her second husband shortly after her first divorce, and she had a daughter with him, so they ended up getting married. Her second marriage lasted 23 years, and after all those years of marriage, Debbie started to get suspicious because her husband started to travel more for work. So she hired a private investigator who discovered that her husband was seeing another woman in another country. Debbie says uh, after that divorce, she swore off men for 12 years until she met an artist and a poet, Osama, from Morocco. They met on social media after Osama commented on Debbie's artwork. He would then periodically drop her a message to talk about her art. After uh, talking for about six months, Debbie went to Morocco to visit Osama. She didn't know his age before going out there, and Debbie was resistant in starting a real relationship with this, uh, with him, finding out that he was 24. But he reassured her and wanted to continue a relationship. Debbie now takes a lot of supplements to be the best Debbie that she can be for her young boyfriend. After three years of talking and seeing each other twice, Osama asked her to come to Morocco so that they could be married. Debbie has a son, Julian, who drops by her store. No surprise, but Julian is not a fan of Osama and has been pretty hateful, as she describes, about her moving to Morocco. Debbie thinks that Julian's just being protective because he's a cop, but Debbie wants him to give uh, Osama a chance. Julian is convinced that Osama is trying to get money from her and he feels sick to stomach about the age difference debbie says that she's not stupid enough to put him on her account so he doesn't need to worry about osama taking money from her debbie thinks that osama's genuine because he's never asked for money debbie says that she wishes he was grandpa age but you know it is what it is julian says that she has everything to lose and he doesn't want to see her get hurt again Julian is determined to get to the bottom of their relationship because he conv- he's convinced there's some kind of catch with Osama. All right. So what do you think? Do you think that these are just two kindred arty spirits or do you think that there is something more sinister as Julian is convinced?
0: Yeah. No, I think there's something more sinister. I don't. Yeah. This is just this is this one is just too big of an age gap like mm-hmm. for me to like really be like really like i don't i don't get it it doesn't it uh, there's so much i don't get like the art now okay i will back up her art wasn't terrible like i did right, not hate right. her art right and so if he's uh, legitimately an artist i do believe that he would be interested in you know talking to the woman who made this art yeah right i, I could that part i could buy but like everything else she's just so it's not even just the age is an she acts like an old sixty seven <laughs> <Like, laughs> right. It's not like she's a, a young at she doesn't even seem young at heart, you know, like well, and, so, and, and
1: she's not trying to be right and no, I do of appre- not. Yeah. and I do appreciate this about her because unlike you know some of the other women that we have got on this show who you know have a history of either trying to date younger. Um, You know, really trying to recapture their youth by having a younger partner. Um, You know, I feel like Debbie, that's not her. She's not going to apologize once for her age. You know, she wasn't trying to date someone who was 24. And if anything, she had a problem with it in the first place. I truly believe that Debbie wants to date someone her age, but, you know, she just met someone else.
0: I, and I do, which makes me more specific, suspicious of Osama like mm-hmm. Julian was. Like just this oh, this random 24-year-old came out of nowhere and was right. like – Like if, if she was a woman who had a history of pursuing younger men, then you'd be like, all right, well, I, this is how mom is. Like it's weird and yeah. whatever. That's how mom is. But like, yeah, the fact that he was the one that pursued her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know seemingly just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden it was like we're, we're totally in love I totally in love with him mm-hmm. and he just doesn't he just doesn't buy it and I got to say is if I don't if I had never met or talked to and maybe I'll feel different when we' see him when we hear from him but if it's just like oh this 24 year old that I've been talking to online I'm in love with him and I'm moving to another country to be with him I'd be like mm-hmm. this seems like it you know, it just seems like – did he ask you to pay pay you in um, Apple uh, gift cards? Because that's how you get taken <laughs> advantage of. This just seems like a scam.
1: Right. I mean, I think it is good that she's going there because quite often you get like the very uh, played out cliche storyline of they're really just trying to get to America. Right? You're Usman's right. of the world. You're Michaels of the world. Like – you know, just really trying to scam a relationship just to get to America. Um, it would be interesting, I think, uh, I mean, we'll see it play out how much of their lifestyle she'll actually be funding. Is he right. the one supporting her? I know culturally that's what should be happening, but is there a different expectation because she's older and has more established finances than him? Hmm.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, so the, you're right. Because he's not trying to come here, it's not, not an issue of when will we move back to America. It's just right. like, no, I'm moving to Morocco. That um, it, it does seem like the only thing he could be after is her money. Um, mm-hmm. And so well, I guess well, I guess that what we will see about – because the other thing I did is I, I didn't – really didn't get the impression that she had a, that, a ton of money to get. yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, she does own the – she owns that like store or whatever. She sells that secondhand jewelry or not secondhand right. but like – what did you say? Semi-precious jewelry.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just it, – it seems suspicious. I mean, she's definitely I, – I find it hard just to, to believe because because she doesn't apologize for her age and because she absolutely acts her age, which I admire. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Just
0: which 24-year-old is into that? Like –
1: yeah, I don't know.
0: You know, and so I'm. Um, it, it, it. We'll have to meet him. Like okay, I definitely. Right. The-
1: yes, I think we'll get a better sense of you know how authentic this is once we kind of meet him, and if he can pass the love test, our Mister O and Miss H's love test. The. Can you describe at least one thing you love about this person <laughs> that isn't? Some kind of reflection of how you feel.
0: Yes. I love them because they make me feel good. Like right, this.
1: right. They treat me real good. It's like, no, <laughs> these are not legitimate reasons. So if he can pass the love test, I'll be a little bit more convinced.
0: Convincingly. Convincingly. Because yes, he could yes. be like, I love her sense of humor. And it's like, no, you don't. You've never laughed at anything she did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> more like laughing at her, which I feel could be easy to do.
0: That's true. Yeah. She is
1: very quirky like that. And once again, unapologetically, like she don't care.
0: Yeah, but I also feel like she's like I don't care if you're laughing at me. Let yeah, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna wear my I'm gonna wear my silly hats and right. be be Debbie. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we'll see how that uh works out for her.
0: All right, so talk, let's go move on to a couple that well, at least one person that isn't maybe isn't as confident uh going through the world as themselves. And that's Chris and Jamie. So we see Chris on the plane. Now she also wears her own thing. She has a sequined face mask on, just completely sequins all the way down. And is excited to finally meet Jamie in person. So Jamie meets her in the airport and after after a quick bathroom stop for her to put on deodorant. And – which is better than like when we had that Darcy bathroom stop a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. but like But like most airport meetings, it's all smiles, hugs and kissing and swelling music and then they leave to go home. So there was no drama about luggage or flowers or anything like that. But – Um, Chris does seem like really shell-shocked about being in this big city and a new country. She's just like – but she also can't stop making doe eyes at Jamie who, to be fair, is looking at her back the whole car ride. So first impression-wise for both of them, it seems like some of the chemistry they were worried about is definitely there. So they get home, which is a new apartment that Chris more or less made Jamie move into because her old place was too small and didn't have an American-style kitchen. So, Jamie just handled everything and just bought the lease, didn't even tell Chris what she was getting. So, Chris hopes it's okay, even though it ended up – she ended up going $100 a month over budget. But they come in and Jamie has the whole place stacked with balloons and other decorations. Chris sees the kitchen and is satisfied with what's there and um, now that that's out of the way, they can actually – you know, that they're going to stay here. They can actually get furniture for the rest of the rooms besides the bare essentials. Now, in this case, the bare essentials that are already there include a bed pillows that look like boobs. So in the end, Chris reminds Jamie of the night terrors she might have. It's in, especially the first night, there may be kicking and grabbing and things. So oh, just, gosh. you know, that's what we have. So then they have some surprises for each other, which is when they both leave and change into lingerie for each other. So they wanted first, they both are really kind of nervous and excited about the first night. And it's at this point that you know, they see each other and they're like start to make out or whatever. And Chris is like, I'm, this is when she's like, oh, and no, hell, I'm nervous. But then Jamie kicks out the production crew so they can get down to business. <laughs> All right. So what do we make of the first meeting between these two?
1: Uh, I thought it was really sweet. Uh, but it's like, mm, you know, it was pretty obvious that they don't really know each other well <laughs> enough to right. be making a commitment. Yeah. And I think that's. Like I don't understand what their rush is exactly. Um, I don't think she has specifically seven days because that's how long they're supposed to be getting married, right? Like I think they have seven days before it was, they're like nine. It was less than ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, well, what? Why not take ninety days, right? <laughs> um, I, I just don't understand what the hurry is exactly to show. I I don't know what they're doing. Are they trying to prove to themselves that they're blindly committed? I yeah, don't really understand.
0: I, I, yeah, I don't think there was like we had with the other Colombian couple with with mm-hmm. Gabriel going down there. We did have a reason that he had he, you can only stay for six months in Colombia.
1: Yes. And he's already been there a lot yeah. to begin with. So he is running out of time, whereas these two, it's like, I don't understand.
0: Yeah. Why they why it was such a such a quick thing. And yeah, that is, I, I feel like there was a reason. I don't know if it was a good one. Um But right, because it definitely had – it it was definitely an awkward moment when they got kicked out, right? It's like Mm -hmm. it's time to have – it's just – and just people – just the way it went, the meeting, because you're right, they're rushing. They go so fast into everything and they Mm -hmm. met at the airport and they drove home and it's like – OK, now we're now it's time to have the sex. And she's like, I don't this is you know what I'm saying? It's like one yeah. thing if it kind of one thing leads to another and you're into things and it just happens. It's another thing. It's like, OK, now is the time for sex. <laughs> I right. People it freaks people out a little bit.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I got yeah, the that, expectation there.
0: Yes. That it's like a person that I don't really know and I've never seen yes. in person before. And now we're supposed to get naked.
1: Yeah, I find that very interesting, too, because I've had a few times where I've had more of like a developed relationship, uh, you know, like online or something like, for Mm -hmm. example, like being on a dating app and you end up talking to someone uh, quite a bit over text before actually meeting them in person. And for whatever reason, you know, that's a prolonged, you know, phase of your relationship, yeah, Yeah,
0: especially over the pandemic, for sure.
1: Right. And yeah. so it's like you certainly, you know, have a different type of relationship. And sometimes you really feel like, oh, wow, I really connect with this person. And then when you see them in real life for the first time, sometimes it just doesn't match up right away. And it is a little awkward because you're just like, I feel like the way that we talk online, you know, it feels like we should be farther along physically. But the reality is, at least for me, it takes me a little while to warm up and feel feel safe physically around people yeah, I to get really that. have that physical intimacy piece and so it's like we could be very far along emotionally you know connected but the physical connection doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. add up to that and i think there deserves time for that to really be established instead of being like okay sex time now because emotionally (laughs) that's where we're at but physically it's like oh i still don't know you really
0: i definitely have found in that it's like Sometimes it's harder to like make the first physical move with somebody that's yes. been that long of step. It's like, okay, hey, we now we're touching each other. Now we're, <laughs> we're touching now. Like, yeah. where it's not just somebody you know you met and, and vibed with, and then things went where they went, right? And that right, was like, right. and it and and it is definitely not for everybody, right? Right. And and I get so I get where she's coming with the nervousness. I mean, because especially because they were just like comparing heights. In the airport, right? They were like, "I'm taller than you." You're wearing heels, and I'm as much taller than you. Like, because that's that is always something that never really you get until you get right until you meet somebody. You know, you're vibing with them. But I'm not saying people who should be rejected or be judged on their height or anything. But it's definitely it can throw off your expectations for somebody. You had a certain expectation, and it's just different. And it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's not good. But it's just like, oh, like this doesn't feel like I thought it was gonna feel.
1: Right. Uh, The way I see it is like uh, more like the physical, right? You can send someone a bunch of pictures, but, Uh you know, it's like, is that really a true representation? I think it's like near impossible to really get a physical vibe from someone with, you know, even the most most robust series of pictures. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Yeah. totally. Totally. You never there's there's always something like. You can't really tell about like being in a room with somebody and it's just like just,
1: yeah, different things. Right. Definitely. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, Danielle and Johan. So Danielle and Johan are having a beer while talking about finances. Danielle apologizes for being so harsh about the butcher shop, you know, critique that she had from the day before. (laughs) She says that she just doesn't understand his math because it doesn't appear like his business is really making any kind of money. Johan says it will make money in the future he knows it but that's not good enough for Danielle she wants to know what would need to happen for him to not want to lose any more money and actually quit the business and Johan thinks that the business needs time to grow and he's just not willing to give it up because he wants to be his own boss he thinks that Danielle is just being impatient and she just needs to wait and then it will make money but Danielle tries to tie down a date that the bu- the business needs to be profitable by before they throw in the towel. But Johan is reluctant to even agree to talk about nine months. Later, they go to look for apartments and Danielle hopes to find the perfect apartment that isn't too expensive. Her wish list is a two bedroom, two bath dishwasher with a washer and dryer, a pool, parking and a terrace. And, you know, she doesn't think that's a lot to ask for.
0: Geez, can I get that? That sounds awesome.
1: I know, right? (laughs) Also, what struck me is like the lady is from New York. She has to know that some of these things are unreasonable, right? Yes,
0: she has to. Yeah, Yeah. like, yeah, imagine asking for those things in New York. Good Lord. Yeah, I know, right?
1: (laughs) So they're looking in at expat or touristy places. So they're modern, but, you know, recognize that they're more expensive. So they look at a place that has all the things that she wants and they get quoted about. $2,000 a month, and Danielle asks if Johan can help contribute. And Johan ends up offering about, "Mm, $90. Danielle asks if he's willing to contribute in other ways, like by cooking and cleaning. And Johan thinks, well, she's at home more, so shouldn't she do all the housework? But Danielle says that she's at home more because she's going to be working. Danielle knows she will feel resentful if she's the one who ends up bankrolling their life, and he's not doing much to help. Johan doesn't think that doing things uh, things for him, like cooking, should feel like a job. And Danielle thinks they need to look at more options. All right, so who do you think is uh, being more unreasonable here? Do you think that Johan is being more unreasonable by sinking money into this business without really any plan for you know, how much money he has to give? Or do you think that Danielle is more unreasonable uh, by wanting Johan to contribute more to rent? Or contribute in other ways.
0: She I mean, she's definitely ridiculous if she she thinks he's gonna be able to pay half the rent. Right, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's unreasonable with the well, I'm just gonna do this business as long as I feel like doing this business. Like you have no plan about what you what your metrics you need to make, what we're looking at, what 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 the what the goals are for your business. It's none of that. That's not reasonable either. Now I think she's an awful communicator <laughs> yeah. in terms of making him feel bad because she just – everything she does is not suggestions. It's not things. It's just like – she just talks to him like he's a freaking idiot and she clearly thinks he's an idiot. Well, um, yeah, talk-
1: because I mean wouldn't you kind of think so too if someone is being so stubborn about just sinking all of their money really into this business that's not profitable?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would not have good feelings about it, but yeah. I, would, I wouldn't – it would – I would. you could talk to them like – she talks to him like he's a child.
1: Yeah, I think that might be the teacher side, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I, I as a teacher don't – I try not to t- talk to people like they're children. I'm like, what are yeah. we okay, you know – there's just a different way of approaching it, a different way of speaking to them that's not like, OK, well, let's sit down with the book and see what's going on. OK. I think it like, helps that we teach older students, too. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm just like, yeah, I, I teach like basically college kids.
1: Yeah, um, same.
0: And so and so I I, I but I think and that's part of the reason he's so stubborn is because mm. he was like, oh, if you're going to treat me like a child, we're no, I'm not, I'm not going to cooperate with this conversation. Um, yeah, but I mean, I did, th- I did like laugh at the part where he was like, um, "Oh, oh, so so, cooking dinner for your husband is a job," and she was like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> That's the part where I thought he was being unreasonable. Yes. yeah. yeah. I, the
0: the idea that labor isn't labor because you're doing it it's for me—that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still labor. Like you're yeah. still working.
1: Right. I just – I don't see this going well because she even recognizes that she will feel resentful if he doesn't start to financially contribute. And I just don't see Johan wanting to financially contribute. I think he – it's kind of – he has a history of this, right, with the peanut incident. Mm -hmm. It's like he just very much takes for granted that whatever financial mistakes he makes from now on, she'll just foot the bill. You know, and so if that means sinking money into this, like, you know, business that's gonna go nowhere, it's fine. He has her to rely on. She's gonna pay the rent. She's gonna, you know, give them the place to live. She's gonna make the money. And, you know, it's not to say that he's trying to be a bum and not do anything, just like sit on the couch the whole time. But, you know, it's like, well, if his stuff doesn't work out, he now can go into riskier ventures instead of. I mean, his job before was working at a resort, but mm. it seems pretty clear that he doesn't want to have a boss.
0: Yeah, I mean... I'm I think part of it is, is that he thinks she's playing a game when she says she can't afford things.
1: I think so, too. Yeah.
0: Um, and so she's like, well, are you going to be able to contribute? He's looking at her like, oh, you're going to ask me to contribute, even though we right. both sit here, know that you can fully pay for this apartment easily. Come on. Like, you want to play stupid games? I'll play stupid games with you. And that's where it, <laughs> that's where it, that's why it devolves so quickly. Right. Yeah. Because no matter what she says, anytime she mentions, you know, having to cut things or come up with options or or do budgets, he's he's just like, come on now, please. You're a rich American. We all know you can afford this. I know. And so I get to do what I want. And and now we're going to play these dumb games. And yeah, obviously he's not right (laughs) because
1: she's broke. Yeah. I don't know. He I find him to be so frustrating, you Mm -hmm. know, like with his assumptions of how much money she has and just being very stupid with money. He's really proven on this show or at least they've highlighted his poor right. financial decisions starting with the Peanuts.
0: Yeah, I mean the Peanuts and then the, this one and it, it's hard to tell whether he really has a plan for me because I haven't seen him this much. Mm-hmm. I've only been through this. Whether he really has a plan that he just doesn't want to share with her because she's being she's pissing him off. Yeah. Or if he really is just like it's going to make money because I want it to make money so yeah. I don't understand why you're worried about it. Like, right. shut up. You got to give
1: people time for word of mouth. That's going to take like a year.
0: He doesn't even – and it's funny because they finally give him – he's like nine months. He's like, oh, so in nine months if you're not making money. He was like, no. In nine months, I will be able to tell you what I plan to do in the right. nine months after that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: my gosh. He's basically is like, don't talk to me about this for nine months. That's what I want. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. But I would be – I mean – We would both be frustrated if he was – if I was working from home, doing all the dishes, doing all the – cooking all the dinner, doing everything so he could go swap flies off of meat and lose money every day.
1: I know, right?
0: Yeah. I would would not be happy either. All right. So moving on, let's get to – let's get to Jen and Rishi. So Jen is packed and ready to get to India and she's packing up her mom's old wedding dress for the trip she assumes she won't be able to wear it for the traditional Indian wedding that she thinks is coming, but hopes she can use it for something. So she packs up everything into three bags that her brother Charles doesn't want to carry. Um, But she tells us about all the doubters and the haters like her friends and family. And then she goes to the airport with her brother Charles, his wife Tara and her mom. So she says that Rishi got her an apartment ready and that that they're not going to be staying together, which is fine with her because they need to get, what she says, reacquainted. So it seems like kind of the opposite of what Chris and and Jamie, she's like, nah, I'm okay with being at my own place for a little while. So they get to the um, airport and they say their goodbyes for what I assume is going to be a very long series of plane rides for her because it's kind of a small regional airport. So she admits that this is all scary and she has to take this risk. Why? Why Miss H? Because it's her last chance at love. Oh, gosh. So, How many
1: times have we heard this? We should keep a count.
0: I know. I was like – I just put like drink, last chance of love, drink. <laughs> so we check at her 15 hours later and she's still on the plane. But she's getting closer to to India. She gets to the airport where she gets – I don't know. She talks a lot about the Indian air, which just hits different than American air, especially because this time she's there to stay. So Rishi is not there because she's all the way in Delhi and he lives in Jaipur and so she has to take – a six hour train, Uber, I don't know, something the next day. She's getting a home room in, uh, a hotel room in Delhi and is going to finish the journey tomorrow. So that's all we hear from her. And then we switch over to uh, Rishi, who is having dinner at his joint family home. So they kind of have this, you know, kind of apartment-ish place with different rooms. And there's five family members that live there, uncles, cousins, things like that. And his mom, since his father passed away, and since his father passed away, uh, Rishi is now like the primary man of the house. So the family doesn't know about Jen or this relationship. So mom, in particular, what just wants to talk about him getting married. Um, especially, she's just like, listen, my phone's ringing off the hook. I got this proposal from this other girl in the village. I got all these proposals that didn't stacked up. You know, it's getting old. It's time to move on. So at dinner, he show, she shows him another proposal that came in from the village. And she's like, I already invited her to dinner tomorrow. So we're going to have – and I want you to try to impress her. So he doesn't want to give his mom news about Jen, you know, that she exists because it, she knows it's already going to be an emotional fight. Like definitely vibes of, uh, of uh, Summit here. Um, so his uncle wants, wants him to find a wife too because then if he finds a wife, then a wife can take over doing all the housework for the joint <laughs> family. And then mom gets to retire. So I know. I was going to say, a good retirement
1: plan. Yeah.
0: Um, so basically, he just kind of sits there in silence and not looking anybody in the eye because he has very different plans for them than that. And they're already in motion. Okay. This just looks like a freaking train wreck coming down the track, right? Oh, I don't it see really any way does. this goes remotely well for anyone.
1: No, I just. I the fact that he hasn't told his family, I think, is very telling. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as dramatic as Jenny and Summit, but along the same lines. It's the same kind
0: of story. Right. It's I the feel same like
1: story. Mom is gonna disown him, try to push some other arranged marriage onto him. Um I just don't know if Jen is going to be the type of person to stick it out and to stick around.
0: Yeah, I can no, I cannot see. I don't see Jen sitting there while they call her a stupid oldie the whole time, and you shouldn't ever marry this stupid oldie. Well, I mean, she didn't understand what they were saying, Jen. Right?
1: Yes, and at least Jennifer isn't as old as Jenny. Yes, but still, this is going to be frowned upon.
0: <laughs> yes, and she's go, but and they're probably going to personally insult her, um, in term in all that. It's just it's it's crazy that we have the you know there's two Indian men. And it's both basically kind of doing the same pattern of behavior, where yeah. it's like if you knew that something was going on that was kind of against the culture and against the thing, I feel like. You'd wanna kind of slow roll it, open that door a little bit, peek it open, uh, you know, get everybody upset, you yeah. know, peel that door open a little bit farther, let them know that there's a woman you're talking to, let them know the thing. And kind of don't right. but instead both of them took the same tack of like, uh, let's just not say anything at all. Like, what well, about when we get married? He's like, mm, let's not say anything about that either. Let's just never say anything.
1: Okay, well, let's <laughs> oh. hope it's not as bad as Summit where You know, he brought Jenny to stay in the family home as he was sneaking up to her room in the middle of the night. And mom is befriending her because she is so naive to think that this is just a random American friend trying to, you know, immerse herself into the Indian culture. Right. Because is Rishi going to live with Jennifer? Like is he going to, you know, just play it off like here is my American friend. She is just learning about Indian culture. Like how is he going to explain this?
0: Well, we already know that she's not staying with them, right? Yeah. He did get he did get her a separate place to stay, but I think she's going to be introduced as a friend absolutely. Yeah. And it's just it's just like it, there's no way it can end well. Like there's no way you can get there if you you know all of a sudden just just are like oh yeah i'm married to this american now like that's going to be such you know they 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 do it to the point and i understand it's so culturally frowned upon anyway um and that it's just like man just to drop it all at once means like you're yeah. just blowing up everybody's life right right and it's like man that just seems like if that's what, this is what you want to do when you want to do something, it's got to be frowned upon. This is the worst way to ch- choose to do it. And they both did it. Like, I feel like it's crazy. The only two Indian men we've seen are both do, both did it like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, now that we're kind of talking it out, it's like, oh, yeah, this is almost exactly like Jenny and Summit. And the only difference is like maybe a good 15 years. Well and the
0: fact that he they haven't married him off yet
1: yes this is like <laughs> Jenny and Summit before like version yeah. one the version that we never saw
0: right exactly mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, Gabriel and Isabel. So Isabel is meeting up with friends Samuel and Mateo to talk about Gabe moving to Columbia in a few days. She met her friends a few years ago, and she actually met Gabe through Samuel. Samuel met Gabe in Columbia and offered to show him around, and then Gabe just kind of joined the friend group. They're planning a panty surprise for Gabe, just kind of in passing, you know, different colored panties. Uh, And then Isabel, uh, she mentions that she appreciates her friendship with Samuel and Mateo because she feels like she can be very open with them because, you know, they're gay and they're like, um, you know, just really open, uh, you know, talking about other sexual things. And so speaking of, Mateo asks her about sex with Gabriel and she Tells them that she is so impressed with everything. She says it's exactly the same as her past lovers. And she's able to orgasm the same. And then Isabel does say that she has a few curiosities about Gabriel's experience. Like, where does the semen come from? And do orgasms feel different now? But she's kind of thinking that's maybe... Something she can ask him later, maybe a little too embarrassed for TMI for the moment. Samuel thinks that Gabriel has done a great job of integrating with Isabel's family. And Isabel says that her kids are always excited about Gabriel and always ask about him. They discuss what it would be like to tell her younger son that Gabriel is trans and they hope that uh, the son will be inclusive and have respect uh, over the matter. They recognize that there may be other family members like Isabel's father who might have issues with Gabriel due to religious or cultural views. Isabel thinks her dad telling her to end the relationship would be the absolute worst thing to happen uh, when they tell her family. Gabriel is saying his goodbyes to his mom as his sister is driving him to the airport. His sister Monica can't believe that Gabriel is leaving and is wondering if Gabe's having any second thoughts. Monica hopes Gabe will be taken care of and she's happy for him. Gabriel is having to reassure Monica that they will still be close even after the move. Gabe says goodbye to his sister and then says he's a little worried about the lack of support uh, from a distance from his family, but he thinks that Isabel is worth the risk. All right. So, um, I don't know. Uh, do you think that Isabel and Gabriel, it seems like they're a pretty solid couple so far. Yeah, what, so far, what, yeah, so far.
0: I mean, they've they've. I mean, is this the only couple that's already done it? Well, no, Brishi we, and Jen probably have. Like, you know, I don't know we, the people we have. It like because they've like already, they've they, had we, that
1: physical connection. They've had the physical. About.
0: They've had sex, right? Yeah, and and we yeah. know that they have, and it's good. Like it's yes. not weird and awkward. Like they both are into it. Yeah. Um, so, oh no, because we have married people. There's definitely other couples that have had sex. But, oh yeah. But, I mean, in terms of somebody just moving there brand new, um, I think that that's – I
1: think that they've probably spent more significant time with one another with the exception of uh, Mahmud and Nicole because they were – she was living there in Egypt for like three months. And it sounds like he's spending almost half the year there.
0: That's, that's right. It does sound like yeah. that. But, um, no, I had to back up because when she introduced her – did you look at the mural that they put on the screen?
1: Oh, there was a bunch of weird murals. Um, they were definitely in a very uh Oh, it was a
0: super gay bar. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. I was gonna say LGBT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bar. I just I just
0: couldn't believe. I was actually just shocked that they put it on TLC because it was like legs spread with like a rainbow coming out of the vagina. Shooting out, like, yeah. I was, I was like, wow, this is uh this is uh yeah. not what I expected to see on TV right now, okay?
1: I didn't either. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, it kind of went along with their conversation, though.
0: It did. It did. And they were I, – I appreciate that she has somebody that's there to like – that can. That she can bounce things off of. Because yes. it is really awkward if you have questions about something like that that goes for your partner to feel like your partner has to be the one to explain everything to you about yeah.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great that she has friends like that. It sounds like, you know – Isabel seems really open-minded. The daughter seemed really open-minded. It just, I feel like maybe we're not giving her family enough credit because people, I, I feel Mm -hmm. like a large part of how people end up open-minded like that is they're surrounded by other people who are like-minded as well. So I feel like maybe her family is more like-minded than they're trying to imply right now.
0: For sure. Yeah. Like how it, it, Yes, it it makes – it seems unlikely that somebody as open-minded as her would come from such a closed-minded family.
1: Yes. Like environment, right? It's unlikely.
0: Unlikely. Totally possible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean so – I don't know. But I I definitely – I have high hopes for the couple. Like they seem like genuine. They both seem super genuine and like it doesn't seem scammy at all. Like So I I, yeah, I just – I don't want this one. (laughs) I'm I rooting know. for this one, right?
1: I know I am, and I was gonna say that Isabel, I, I think, might be my favorite foreigner on this show.
0: To, uh this season?
1: Yes, this season.
0: Uh, yeah, not yeah. I, I would say yes, and it's not even close.
1: Yeah, I mean, she is just a likable person.
0: Like I'm looking at the other ones. Well, we don't. Know, we haven't met Osama yet. Uh, true. We- true. But of the ones that we've met, yeah,
1: absolutely. yeah, like So, yeah, yeah I do have high hopes for them. Don't let me down. <laughs> don't become garbage people right when we sing your praises.
0: I can still have high hopes for them. And if they disappoint me, I can say, I'm really disappointed right. I have high <laughs> hopes <for them."> yeah. <laughs> All right. So going on to – well, I'm going to go on to one, the one that I really don't have high hopes for at all. Yeah. And that's Nicole and Mahmood. All right. Um. So, Nicole is trying to pack up and she's getting help from her parents who are coming down from Idaho with some movers. So, it's starting to sink in that she's actually going through with this. So, her parents, Harold and Wanda, show up and before long, they talk about her situation. They've helped her move a bunch of times and Harold wishes that he was moving. she was moving closer back to Idaho and not farther away to Egypt. It's just so far away and that they won't be able to help her if anything goes wrong. So, Harold thinks that if she really loves Mahmoud, yeah, that she does really love Mahmood, But getting married, I don't know, it kind of sucked for them. They found out she got married because somebody saw it on their Facebook and they're like, hey, we saw your daughter got married on Facebook. So it was a little – she was a little underwhelmed with this wedding when it happened because they like basically had to run down to like the office or whatever it was happening and somebody else was getting married and they're like, oh yeah, can we get on with that and sign our papers too? Um, So Harold asks if she was considering becoming a Muslim and she was like, I am a Muslim. She converted two days before they got married when they – and because she wanted if they had children that both their parents would be the same faith. So she was led to believe that the only thing you had to do to be a Muslim was say, you know, um, you know, that Allah is the only god and Muhammad is his prophet. That's it. That's it. You just say that and you believe and you say that and you say it's true. Then you're Muslim. Done. But turns out she wishes she knew a lot of things beforehand because there's a lot more to it than that. So at this point, she basically follows none of the rules of Islam and Mahmoud is OK with that for now because you know, he's just of that she'll come around eventually um, mindset. So she's really, really upset about the pro- proposition about wearing a hijab. She said she did it for a little while. She took it off and she's never putting it on again. So she she kind of – it seems like she really takes that as a symbol of Mahmoud trying to change who she is. So then she stops talking to her parents so they can get, work, to, get to work packing. So then we switch to Mahmoud to meet him and he's 30 and lives in Cairo and he manages a fact- fabric store, which he's been doing since his teenage years. And it's also where he met Nicole. He says she's sweet, crazy and strong. So he actually had things about the love test that goes on. Mm. So he loves her, but their cultures are starkly different. He says that the most important thing for him is his religion and then his family. So he talks over with his brothers about Nicole coming to Egypt. Which he never thought would happen again. He thought she was gone for good. He actually thought they were broken up in fact. So he tells uh, his brothers that the relationship is strong now but they're – they butt heads a lot over cultural issues. So brothers say that she's – he is young and lacks experience which is how he kind of ended up in this situation. So his brother Ahmed has been married for 12 years to a Chinese woman. So he's really like kind of looking like how do we bring a foreign woman into, Mm -hmm. into our culture? So he's looking for advice from him. Uh, so then, of course, you know, the subject of the clothes come up and Ahmad says, you know, you just need to you need to be her teacher. And if you teach her correctly, what she said, what she thinks are constraints now, she'll come to see as benefits, which
1: yeah. okay. <laughs> but they
0: both think they st- they really have do have that mindset of, oh, just if you give it time, she'll adapt and she'll just come around to our way of thinking. Uh. So then we skip a little bit forward while Nicole is leaving from a, a hotel room that she's been staying at so her parents can take her to the airport. So she's already out of her apartment and she was staying in a hotel for a few days. So she seems like she's not exactly sure that she wants to go through with this or that it will work at all. There's just so much different and she feels like – it really does feel like she's psyching her out – psyching herself out here. Um, She even talks about how much she hates grocery shopping there. But she's not really making – So she has all these reasons but she's also not making the case at all about why she should be trying to do this besides Mahmoud is there. So fast forward again and Mahmoud is getting in a car with his cousin Ibrahim who's driving into the airport to get Nicole since Mahmoud doesn't know how to drive. So he hopes that this time she'll be able to accept his rules, the rules that he has in Egypt. So they meet outside of customs with a great big hug. She wasn't sure she'd be allowed to hug him because she doesn't know what the rules are. But she says that – he says well, that's normal at the airport. So he's glad that there's uh, – that she has a lot of luggage because that makes him think that she's actually going to stay there. Didn't come just like with one back – one small suitcase. And of course within a few minutes of getting there, he asks her, uh, "Could you please button up your jacket because your shirt is too small? Which I, I don't know. I took to mean like her shirt was riding up and you could see her stomach <laughs> and so he was like close, close. So – then it's going to be a fight. So she calls him rude for just saying – telling her to button up her jacket and he's just trying to be like, let's just power through long enough and don't, don't fight here. We can fight in private. All right. So my goodness. Like do they have – is there in any way at all that their expectations for how things are going to go match up no. even a little
1: bit? No. I mean it hasn't <laughs> so far. So how is it magically going to change? I mean just even with the clothes alone, it's like – I feel like he tells her one thing, you know, like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like we won't fight about clothes. Like you can wear what you want. You just need to do this. And then she complies. And then he changes the rules on her. So I a hundred percent believe that. I mean, she Nicole had mentioned that he kind of did something like that. You know, she's like, I thought I knew the rules, but then, you know, with that whole thing with things were being too form fitting, because she thought she was right. following the rules, so I, I think it's going to be a never-ending battle because he isn't very clear about what it is. I mean, short of saying just wear a giant sheet over your body, like I think that's what he really wants. At the end of the day,
0: that's what he wants. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what he the wants. The giant sheet. Um, yeah, because and I think because I think the rules change because I think, I think the rules change based on his feelings. I think like if he looks over and is like. And he sees something that he thinks is attractive or sexy mm-hmm. or anything about her, the way she's dressing. He's like, you need to cover that up. Like, well, no, yeah, that, that immediately. I looked and saw your stomach that uh, your I looked and saw your shirt. I kind of got the outline of your stomach, kind of turned me on a little bit, covered up.
1: Yes, like- <laughs> I do also think there's an element of she's intentionally trying to, you know, play up something while following the rules. You know, so yeah, she keeps it, it on just, trying to find yeah. loopholes. He's gonna keep on coming up with new rules.
0: Yeah, and I just—we've seen it before um, with a lot of the, the the people from the Muslim countries that they put on this show, where it's just like, stick at it. If, if we just keep at it, they will submit to what we want them to do. Yeah, and it's just super gross every time they do it. Let's oh, keep at it. Yeah, she's she's only gonna fight you for so long, and then she'll come to see it as a benefit. And it just right that.
1: that well, the brother just I thought was like, interesting, ugh. too, because it's like, I don't know. I kind of see if she is truly from the country of China, like people from China being a little bit more compliant than people from America just because that, of how yeah. their governments are. Right. They're more restrictive there than they are over here. And I That's think true. America certainly has a very strong Embedded sense of like independence, like you can't tell me what to do. I think you have less of that over in China, right?
0: Yeah, and I just don't get the from Mahmud's perspective. If you, why did you marry a Western woman? If you didn't want to marry a Western woman, yeah, like I don't understand.
1: Yeah, it's not that this person is foreign to Muslim, and that's why it's not going to work. It's because this person is American and has a very strong sense of not following whatever rules you want to give her. (laughs) That's why it's not going to work.
0: (laughs) Especially when the rules are ill-defined and just kind of like, because even she didn't know if they could hug and he's, and the way, again, he's just like, so many of the times he's just like, he knows the the unspoken rules so well. And it's hard to and sometimes it's hard to you know, actually put into words what those rules sure. are. It's like, I know it when I see it, right? But he knows the unwritten rules so well that he he almost seems like he thinks she's playing dumb when she doesn't know the rules. And so he's getting frustrated because you're playing dumb. You know, obviously we can hug in the airport, dummy. Right. Like, well,
1: that's why you know? I kind of feel like you know when she was talking about now she's Islam. It's like or uh, well, Muslim. You that- know, it's kind yes because it's kind of like I don't think you really understand the underlying philosophies of the religion you say you're a part of because I feel like if you yes. did, that would help you in determining whether or not something was okay or not okay. Like culturally.
0: Right. Right. And 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 it, it does I, – I, somebody pointed out to me. It's like it bothered, It does bother me a lot and it seems incredibly disrespectful to religion mm-hmm. to be like, well, I thought the religion was beautiful so I joined it. And it's like, did you know what you believe? Right. Do you know what you're professing to believe? Do you know what the religion entails? Mm-hmm. Do you know the, the – the, any of the – Like did you
1: study at all or did you just take a random oath? Because that's what it sounded like. Yeah.
0: Or did you like that mosque is pretty so I'll turn convert to this religion? Right. That's – that and that 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 insults me like on behalf of people of faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to do that. It's like you're professing faith in something that you don't even know what you're professing. Right. that's
1: crazy. Yeah, definitely.
0: And so yeah, I was I was very bothered by that on her end. But yeah, just yeah, you know, well, the Mahmoud and all the brothers just be like, because it, it, it's another one where I feel like we've seen so many people like this that are just like, well, I, just do just but just no of course not obviously <laughs> you know that we that of what they're supposed to dress or how they're supposed to act that it's just i just there. but both of them have the expectation that's what i was getting back from the beginning both of them feel like this trip is going to go where oh great the other person's finally going to bend towards me a little bit more and they're not but both of them think that what's going to happen is the other person's going to give yeah yeah
1: definitely all right so uh I think we've seen all of our couples. Or do we have one more?
0: Oh no, we've seen everybody. Okay. That's everyone. Debbie was the Debbie was the last okay. one. Okay,
1: so we have. Uh, so we see, saw all of them this episode. So out of the group, out of everyone, who was your student of the week?
0: Uh, I went with Jamie. Okay. Um, because you know it's a meeting. That's always an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Chris told her some like pretty tough things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like so, we sleep in this bed tonight. I my like karate chop oh, She's like, okay. And she she had the house set up and she got the apartment set up. She she did fine. So give it to Jamie. Yeah,
1: uh, I went with um, Isabel. Uh, I mean, we already said she's our favorite foreigner at this point. Um, I like the friends and company she keeps. They all seem really great and seems like they're going to be real supportive and welcoming of Gabriel. So I went with Isabel.
0: Uh-huh. I mean, uh, so class dunce, I, I actually went with Danielle um, just because it makes me wonder why she's with Johan yeah, because I know, right? she doesn't seem to respect him or think much of him or <laughs> care. Think, think of him as a partner at all. The way she talked down to him, I thought was really bad. So I was like, why are you in this relationship except for as a way to escape the United States?
1: Right yeah I know right. Um, I went with Mahmoud. I get the sense yep. that you know he's kind of telling Nicole things are going to be different because he's trying to get her back there. But the yeah, reality I is is that. like I mean, we saw it in like the two seconds that they like were there. It's you know re- the reunion. It's like, no, things are not different. You just said that to get her here, and you're you know gonna be working on trying to deceive her to keep her there. Like as long as possible. I just think that's just a dumb move.
0: Yeah, but it, but it does seem to be their mo. Just like yeah. get her here and keep her here as long as possible, yep. and then
1: figure magically it out later. She'll do what you want. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about your life lesson?
0: Uh, so my life lesson was that, and this goes to to um, Nicole. You can't. You shouldn't do something if you can't even actually articulate any of the reasons that you want to do sure. it. And all you're doing the whole time before she left. All we heard is this is why I shouldn't do this. This is why I shouldn't do right. this. I'm so afraid. I'm so scared. I hate it there. I don't want to go. He's going to tell me to change my clothes. And then like, but why should you go? She was like, but, you know, he he makes me feel like something. I don't even know. But no, I couldn't even come up with. No. She didn't even actually say it, any it reason she should go.
1: sounded more so like, well, we're married and I feel like we should try. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty much what it boiled down to. It's like, oh, okay, so you want to make more mistakes because of the first mistake you made? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Sunk costs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my life uh, lesson is uh, kind of thought of because of Chris and Jamie, but there's a reason why you shouldn't commit to marrying someone before meeting them in real life. So things like the other person's height don't shock you. Like you should know about (laughs) those things. Like before right. you commit to and them. And even if
0: you do know about those things, it's it's tough to get it yeah. without seeing it. you could, I could tell you, I'm 5'1". Yeah. I'm 5'1". I'm really short. I'm 5'1". And then you see them and you're like, wow, you're really short. Yeah. And like, yeah, I know. You're like, like, or
1: it's that's a really tall 5'1", or that's a really short 5'1". People wear it differently. It has to do with like your posture, like, you know, yeah, for sure. what you're wearing. So, Yeah how you carry yourself, right. things like that. Okay, so uh, we are just getting started with this group. Almost everyone has made it to their respective countries. So we will be back uh, next week then.
0: We'll see everybody next okay, week. Okay, until yep. then. All, All
1: right. right,
0: bye. Okay, bye.